Today I want to speak on the subject of giving thanks always and for everything. When I told that to Anne, she said, that sounds pretty comprehensive, so you're going to see it will be. So we're going to be particularly looking at some passages in in Colossians. Um, My goal today is to build the level of thankfulness in each one of us today. That is my goal today, to build the level of thankfulness in each one of us. There's, uh, today I'm going to be focusing on the biblical message and looking at some Bible passages and opening those up, but I want to acknowledge that there's a huge amount of psychological research that has supported the importance of thankfulness. It, I'm not going to show you the evidence today, but there's very strong evidence that um, training yourself to be more thankful is better than a huge pay rise at actually increasing your happiness, that it can permanently increase your level of satisfaction, happiness, if you can be trained to be more thankful. And um, uh, all of us can make this change. The evidence is that anybody can actually change how thankful they are just simply by practicing it. Uh, a few weeks ago in our home group, uh, Shalewa was made some comment about how People don't realize how much they have. People don't realize that all the good things that we have and we, we, you know, to be thankful for. And that really struck me. And it struck me that, um, that this is a time right now when there's a lot of depression with COVID, with, with all the changes that are happening and particularly not being able to see one another. And there can be depression and there is widespread depression in our society right now. And, um, one of the best ways of addressing this is with thankfulness. And so this is the reason why I have chosen this theme for today, because I think it's probably the most important thing that we can do to battle against the depression that's around in our society and in ourselves at the moment. Um, Also, we're coming up to Thanksgiving soon, so that's relevant as well. So my... uh, Today, I'm going to start off with an introduction and look at some verses in Luke 17. Then we're going to look at two passages from Colossians that will be the, the basis for the message today. And then we'll end by working this out in our lives and with a reference to Romans 8. So, uh, what I want to talk about then... Um, oh, before I say that, um, this may come as a shock to you, but... Um, it's only two weeks to Thanksgiving and it's less than three months to Christmas. Less than three months to Christmas. You're probably thinking, what happened to 2020? Where did it go? Uh, what's the, where's it all gone? And yeah, that's, that's right. That's, uh, that's a thought. So, uh, I'd like to think then of, um, looking forward to Christmas. Uh, it's a time when people, celebrate and give gifts to one another. Why do people give gifts at Christmas? Uh, it's to celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given. And the, uh, that gift is, of course, Jesus Christ. And we read in Second Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. And so the basis of all we're doing and all we're being thankful for today, I want to acknowledge, is the gift of Jesus and 
being thankful for that. And we'll return to that theme at the end. But we don't have to wait till Christmas to be thankful for gifts. And this is the, the, the greatest gift that we can have. Now, when somebody gives you a gift, then usually this evokes thanks, particularly if it's something that you want and you thank them. And so there's a huge amount of uh, emphasis in the Bible of thankfulness to God. And uh, the first one I want to look at is in Luke 17, and it's a story. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. This is Jesus. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So this is the worst uh, mark of of um, horror and rejection in society to be a leper. You just had to keep away from everyone. You were unclean. And it was the only way that they could keep it from spreading. And yet all of these people, Jesus immediately, all 10 of them, he immediately cleansed them. And you probably remember how the story goes. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Well, we know he was already healed, so he must have been getting some extra blessing at this point. But the point of this story is that thankfulness is so rare, even when the gift is so great. Lack of thankfulness is endemic in humanity. And so that's how I wanted to introduce this. Uh, message today because it is such an important theme. So Luke uh, 17 then introducing this and then two passages from Colossians which we're going to look at which form the basis for our message today and then we're going to end with uh, working this out in our lives. So we try to have a number of people participating in our meetings because that's what they did in the New Testament. And even though we're doing it online now, you notice we always try and get several people involved in the, in the meeting connecting because that's what the model of the church should be. It's not just one person or one or two people leading it, but it's a community of people. And there are several passages which describe what the meetings were like in the New Testament. We don't get a lot of information, but several of them give us information. And particularly, I want to look at Colossians 3, um, when uh, it talks about when Christians meet together. And there's very similar verses in Ephesians 5. Colossians and Ephesians are two letters written to two churches, probably around the same time. And there's lots of parallels between the two, which is really useful because you can, if you don't understand the verse in one, there's often a parallel verse in the other. 
So we're going to look at the verses from both of these. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So that's not just the singing that's with thankfulness. All of this, the talking to one another, singing, just conversations, everything is with thankfulness. And he goes on to expand this, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this is comprehensive. Everything you do, whatever you do, giving thanks. And so what Paul is describing is a community that is just uh, filled with this, this spirit of thankfulness to God. Um, very similar verses in Ephesians. Let's look at them. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where I got the title for this message, giving thanks always and for everything. Pretty comprehensive. That's um, that's uh, Anne's laughing away there. You can't see her, but she is. Um, that's, uh, that's everything that's, um, everything that we do, we should be giving thanks for. And uh, 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 so both of these are pretty broad. Both of these, these uh, commands are. But here's a problem. What if we're not really feeling thankful? Are we to just mouth the words and just say, oh, thank you, God, and we're not really thankful? Uh, well, what do you think about that? Should you just say it even if you're not thankful? Well, I actually think that thankfulness is a mindset that you can control. You have some control over it. Because the act of thinking through your situation can lead you to thankfulness. It's a mindset that you can control. And, um, I'm sure you've, you've all heard of the, the idea of a cup half full and a cup half empty. And, you know, one's the optimist and one's the pessimist. So if you have a glass like this, um, the optimist sees it and says, wow, that glass is full. And the pessimist sees it, ah, the glass is empty. And this is how these two people see it. Well, I want to argue that that isn't wired into who you are. You're not wired in to be an optimist or wired in to be a pessimist. Um, it's actually a discipline that you can change. You can look at it and you can say, you know what? That's probably all I need right now. That's, that will, that will satisfy me. And you can actually change your thinking. And, um, and so that's part of the discipline that we want to do today. And uh, um, so how do you get to be such a person? It's not by saying things that you don't believe. So let me ask you a question. Do you really believe that God is someone to be thanked for Jesus Christ? Well, if you think about what he's done, the process of thinking that through will actually build thankfulness in you. It will build it in you. And uh, one of the things that we can do, and we're going to do this in a minute, is to take an inventory, uh, count our blessings of what things that we have to give thanks for. Um, as far as most material things are concerned, 
We live as queens and kings compared with most people in history. You know, if you read the kind of standards of, of hygiene or food or life expectancy, we're just amazing what we have. I'm going to show you a short comedy animation clip now to, that makes this point. Flying is the worst one because people come back from flights and they tell you their story. And it's like a horror story. It's they act like their flight was like a cattle car in the 40s in Germany. That's yeah. how bad they make it sound. Right. They're like, it was the worst day of my life. First of all, we didn't board for 20 minutes. And then we get on the plane and they made us sit there on the runway for 40 minutes. We had to sit there. Oh, really? What happened next? Did you fly through the air incredibly like a bird? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight? You nine contributing zero that you got to fly? You're flying. It's amazing. You're, you're sitting in a chair in the sky. Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't go back a lot. And, and it's really, you know, here's the thing. People, like, they say there's delays on flights. Delays, yeah. really? New York to California in five hours. That used to take 30 years to do that. And a bunch of you would die on the way there and have a baby. You'd be a whole different group of people by the time you got there. Now you watch a movie and you take a dump in your home. I hope you like that. I actually think that thankfulness is something that we can grow in as we practice it. The problem is that we're not in a culture of thankfulness, as that, as that animation made the point. It's not part of our culture. And so the other passage in Colossians I want to look at was Colossians chapter 2. And we read, Therefore, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and firm in your faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So it says um, we're to be overflowing with thankfulness. Now, in those days when he wrote this, um, it was a time when there was very little health care. What there was was probably doing more harm than good. Um, there was horrible injustice in society. The diet was usually quite inadequate for most people. Um, some of them had brutal slave owners. Um, most people would not have the opportunity of marrying for love. Um, it would be, it, that wasn't the culture. And the life expectancy was pretty low. And so that's the culture that Paul is saying to them, you should overflow with thankfulness. Let's continue to read. Be careful not to allow anyone to captivate you through empty, deceitful philosophy that is according to human traditions and the elemental spirit of the world and not according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And you have been filled in him who is the head over all rulers and authority. So what Paul is talking about is the spiritual blessings that they have that when they compare that to the those that they see around them and the things that they see around them are immeasurable and just don't compare. Do they have a hope and a, a, a life in them that does not 
compare with what's around them. And it says, you've been filled with him. So Jesus Christ is actually head over everything. He's head over all of the authorities, all the rulers, every government on the earth. Jesus is head over and he is living in us. And so uh, when we can really grasp who we are and our identity and our destiny, no matter what the pain of our difficulties are, then we have uh, so much to give thanks for. But, you know, the evidence is that people who live in the worst uh, material levels in this world today can actually still be thankful. When people have have visited them and talked to them and and, uh, questioned them, and there can still be so much to be thankful for. And the irony is that sometimes they are more thankful than we are. Sometimes people living in what we think is extreme poverty and deprivation in practice are living in more thankfulness than people living with all the material things that we have in our country today. So actually, it's a myth that the more things you have, the more the more um, happy you are, the more thankful you can be. That's a myth. It turns out that that's actually not true. And so these people that Paul is writing to can be more happy than we are, even though they don't have these material possessions. So those are the two passages I want to look at in Colossians. And uh, we, we're now going to go on to look at how this works out in our lives and uh, uh, some words from Romans 8. So this brings us back then to um, what actually is it that can, that can change our attitude to thankfulness. And I would say that um, that the way to increase our level of thankfulness, and, and I would say this from personal experience, is actually to go through a list and actually to make a list in your mind and just th- bring to mind some things you're thankful for. And so I want us to, to do one of the things that typically that I might do. I might say, well, what basic necessities do I have? Well, I've got food. Actually, I've got really good food. It's now it's really healthy. It is much more than I need to survive. I have tasty food. Um, I have shelter. I've actually um, got no. I'm safe from the elements. Um, I have enough clothing to keep me warm. These are the basic necessities. Um, I've got safety and security. I'm you know, relatively safe from being attacked. Um, Relative freedom from physical pain. I'm not living in chronic pain right now. Um, I have access to healthcare. Amazingly, I've got remarkable access that I can just go and visit a doctor. Um, I've got, uh, you know, modern hygiene available to me. Um, and the stability in my life. I can kind of predict, you know, there's the stability, there's ongoing, um, predictability about how, how life is. So, but let's look at some added blessings on top of that. I have excellent food. I don't just have enough food to keep me alive. I have excellent food, wonderful food. Um, in terms of shelter, I've got, you know, I've got air conditioning. I've got heating in the winter. I've got comfortable bed. I've got all the things that I need, plus many, many more things that make me comfortable. Lots of wonderful comfort. And then what about clothing? Well, it's not just the basic. I've got, you know, 
lots of choice that I, I can choose this shirt or some other shirt that I can choose. Like I've got lots of choice that I have. Wonderful freedom. And I can go out and buy more. What about uh, my, my time? I don't have to work 24-7. I'm the master of my own time. I've got, I can have free time that I can choose what to do. Then I've got access to culture and entertainment. I can, you know, I have the internet. I can, I can watch whatever I want to or, or, um, read whatever books I want to. Like the library, I've got phenomenal access. No other generation has had this level of, of entertainment. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, recently my, my, um, uh, nephew, uh, sorry, my grand, grandson, Nathan was, um, talking to his mom and she was explaining to Jessica about, Jessica was explaining to him about the, we didn't, didn't used to have the internet. And, uh, he was, he's only five, but he said, you didn't have the internet. No, she said. Well, he said, it must have been darkness all around. <laughs> it was wonderful darkness all around. Yeah, comparatively with what we have, like we have just so much, even compared with a, uh, a couple of generations before us. Um, education we have, like amazing. And it's, you can get free education online in a lot of different ways, but the education opportunities we have are amazing. Transportation, you know, public transport, well, I can get better than any other generation that I've had in the, in the past. And, what about communication? Far better than anything that we've got um, in the past. I remember when I first came to Canada, if I wanted to phone England, it was something like a dollar a minute to phone England. And so you didn't spend long on phone calls. Um, it's amazing what we can do with our communications with people we want to stay close to. And we have opportunities to make a difference in the lives of others. Um, but those are physical blessings. And so what I want you to do is to, to do this exercise yourself. And it's even better if you can write it down. Just make a list. Basic necessities that you have covered. You know, the basic things that keep you alive. And then added blessings, which you can go through and like put a plus next to all the basic things, what you have. But then we also have spiritual blessings. And it's good to list those. The ones that we have now, I'm dividing up into now and eternal. Now, we have forgiveness of sin. That is, if we didn't have that, we can't imagine what it would be like um, to feel every time we sinned, oh, what am I going to do? Do I have to do something to undo that? Do, how, do I, how do I get rid of that sin? Am I going to be punished for that? Um, the forgiveness of sin, to understand grace, is such a blessing. Peace with God. We can come to him as a God who loves us and has peace with us. Um, and that live, brings us to the fact that it's not just peace, but he loves us so deeply that he's adopted us as his children. And then he's involved in our lives and he cares for us. And he is open to our prayers and he looks after us and we can just bring him our problems. Then he gives us his spirit within us, that we have his life within us, the life of God in us, changing us, um, making us more like Jesus, bringing his life and his gifts to us. And then we have an opportunity to serve him significantly, not just little things, but God actually wants us to build his kingdom. And he's given us opportunities of doing things that will count for eternity. Every single person that you love 
every act of love will be remembered for eternity. I can promise you, I, and I could show you this in the scriptures, but every time you love someone, you are doing something that will be remembered for eternity. Wow, that is so significant. And also, we have the community of Christ now. We have one another. We have this amazing community of people who are brothers and sisters in Christ. So those are the blessings that we have now. But in addition to that, we have eternal blessings. And um, we're secure for eternity. You know, just to, to think of that, to allow that to sink in. Secure for eternity. Wow, what else is there for me to worry about? I remember talking to someone who was um, wanted to be a Christian and they they were just struggling with, with the, what it was to be a Christian. And they said to me, you know, I guess if the most powerful person in the universe loves you enough to give his son for you, you don't have anything to worry about, do you? Oh, wow. What a statement. I said, you know, you pretty much got it. You've got it. You understand. You know, in biblical terms, I would have said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Um, she got it. Uh, what else do we have to worry about? If the most powerful person in the universe has loved us so much, he's given his son for us. A future inheritance, which is unimaginably wonderful. That's what we have, this future inheritance. And then uh, we can reach the potential in eternity that God has for each of us. I believe that eternity isn't going to be just sitting around playing harps. Eternity is going to be called into serving God with greater and greater responsibility. You know, I don't have t- time to develop that now, but I think that uh, we shouldn't mourn that we have potential that was never realized because who we are was put into us by God and he will bring that to fruition in heaven. And we will become the people that he's always destined us to be. And lastly, to experience the love of Christ in its full intensity. Wow. So we read through John and we've seen Jesus' intense love for his disciples and what it must have been like. Well, you will get that forever without the limitations of, of your human body. Um, you might ask the question, um, but what if things are really bad? You know, what if, what if actually I'm going through some bad stuff at the moment? I'm in a lot of difficulty at the moment. And, uh, that is an important question. And, uh, but even so, um, we do have some, some biblical material on that. And this is the, the last passage that I'm going to look at, which is in Romans. And I want to remember Paul and Silas who were in prison in Philippi, and they were in prison, probably destined to be flogged or killed, and they were singing. It says they were singing. They were really happy, and not just because they were in prison for Christ. Um, they actually, they weren't just putting on a show of being happy. They were really happy at this point. And Paul shares in Romans 8 with us his reasons for this, not he doesn't specifically link it to this event, but it's, it, it tells us what goes on inside of him. And he talks about the love of Christ. And I'm just going to read some verses in 
from Romans 8, verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? What, what ultimately can separate us? Well, you know, probably know the answer he's going to give to that. He says, as it is written, for your sake, we've been killed all day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered, which was the situation in prison. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Wow, that is amazing. That's, those verses are, if, if any verses are to be a foundation of thankfulness, those verses are. Now, I do want to say that we should not deny the pain of life circumstances. Sometimes we can get something which can be, has been termed spiritual bypass, where you don't really acknowledge bad things that are happening and you say, oh, you know, it's God, everything's going to be okay. And you don't acknowledge that. So for example, if someone is grieving the death of a loved one, you don't simply say, oh, just give thanks to God. You know, everything's all right. God loves you. You don't say that. And because we need to acknowledge that Bad things happen. Terrible things happen. And although thankfulness is always there, that doesn't mean to say there's not an acknowledgement of pain. There's not an acknowledgement that suffering is real now and it exists. So I just want to be very clear on that because um, otherwise the thanks will be fake and the joy will be fake. And because it's fake, it really won't work because all it's doing is covering something up. And so you need to acknowledge the hurts and the bad things um, in the process of giving thanks for the amazing good things. We're told to weep with those who weep. When Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb, we read Jesus wept. He wept with those others who were weeping. And was with them at that time, walked with them through that. And then, of course, they had him raised from the dead and they could all enter into that. There is a time for weeping, um, but it's not, it will not last. The time for weeping is something we will come through and there will be joy. So I want to end now by challenging you. Let's do this. Let's give thanks at this difficult time. And I want to say to you that um, I, I would like you to go through the exercise that I've given you. I'd like you to take a piece of paper and I'd like you to write these things down that I've given you. And I've put them in four categories. You might want to do them differently. But my four categories were thanks for basic necessities, Thanks for things that are more than basic necessities on a physical level. <clears throat> thanks for spiritual things now. Thanks for spiritual things in eternity. 
<clears throat> and you may have other categories, and I'll be interested hearing from you, you know, how this works for you. But uh, this could change your life. This really could. The, this is such a strong theme. I've just picked a few verses. I could have picked hundreds of verses in the New Testament to talk about thankfulness. It is, it's, and in the Old Testament, it's a vein that goes through. If you look at thankfulness in the book of Psalms, it's like, you know, it seems like every other Psalm talks about thankfulness. And it's a, such a powerful vein in the scriptures, and it has got such life-changing power if you really are thankful. So I want to challenge you now to put this into practice. This is a command that God has given to us. <clears throat> he said, be thankful all the time for everything. And so I want to leave that with you from God to put into practice. And I want to close now in a prayer of thanks. Thank you, God, for the inexpressible gift that we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you that in him we have every blessing, both now and forever. We have we have security for eternity. We have a relationship with you. All our sins forgiven. And thank you, God, that we have so many physical blessings on this earth right now, that we have so many physical, practical needs met, and in many areas of our lives, much more than we actually need. Thank you, God, for all that we have. We pray, Lord, that you would give us a mindset of thankfulness and that you would lift up our our hearts to you all the time. We thank you, God. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts because you are so good to us. We do not deserve it. We do not deserve anything from you. Your gift to us is so unmerited and so full and so complete. How can he who does not withhold his own son not give you every good thing? We thank you. Thank you. Amen.